You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll take a glass together and we will lift it to the good life. And as we're lifting it, we will most sincerely say, we'll take a glass together. This is Equity One, Broadway's happy hour. Pour yourself a drink and join us as we chat about life, theater, and and everything in between. I'm Elliot Maddox. And I'm Caleb Dickey. Join us for your Equity One. Welcome to this week's episode of Equity One. Hi, Caleb. Hey, Elliot. We are actually sitting here in the Broadway Podcast Network studio, which, you know, we don't always get to do. No. Oftentimes we're rogue at Open Jar. Yeah, we like to go back to our roots. Yeah, we like to go back to our roots and just keep it really self-made so, and just make it as, as terrible as possible. But we love being here. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And we are joined this week by our guest, Mo Brady. Hi, Mo. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. We're so happy to have you. I, I can't see you. No. Which I, is driving me crazy. I'm going to I know what you look like, this. I know. I know. I've seen you a few times, but what I'm going to do is this. Scoot. Oh, Scoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because then I can see you. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? Is the, are the so levels still okay? Yeah. Then you guys can't see each other, though. It's okay. I I, please. Um, we, we are also here with, um, our new friend Britt, who's also a podcaster here on the Broadway Podcast Network. She hosts Abroad's Way. You can check her out. But she is, um, fulfilling podcast dad duties today. So, mm-hmm. if you're, if, if Alan is podcast dad and B is podcast, like, what is she, auntie? Like, podcast cousin? Auntie, yeah, cousin. I like cousin. I feel like your Britt's sister. Britt's like girlfriend. A girlfriend. Oh, girlfriend. Oh, girlfriend. I love like, that. Yeah. Like, podcast girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's girlfriend. really sweet. Yeah, I like that. Friends. Cool. Podcast GF. It's great. So this month we're... <laughs> we did it, guys. Off to a great start. We introduced everyone. Everyone's here. We're having some bourbon. Caleb is not drinking. No, I'm, we're almost finished. I do dry January every year since 2015. You're a classy guy. Thank you. Just in January. Yeah. yeah. And then Febu- oh. Febu- um, February 1st hits at 12.01, and then I have a beer in my hand. And, yeah. yeah. You're a hot mess. Yeah. Totally. Great. It's just um, the holidays, like, I feel like I, like, drink, 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 boom, Ooh. boom, boom, and I eat so much, and I'm like, okay, we need to reset, so. Well, you are fat as fuck, so. I know. Like, <laughs> I'm just, 
So you're a monster. <laughs> you guys can't see Caleb right now, but he gained a lot of weight over the holidays. That's why I'm not posting. So like, it's all like, <laughs> it's all Getty images I found in myself. <laughs> Wait, have you guys watched Don't Getty Fuck with Cats? No, no, my husband did, and he said it was fucked up. It is insane. Just the uh, talking about Photoshop. Uh huh. It's a it's a must. I like, won't watch it, but Michael has watched it, and he decided to watch like three episodes of You and Don't Fuck with Cats all in one night. And he was like, can you hurry home? (laughs) He was like, I can't go to sleep (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I'm afraid. Yeah, that's, I hear it's scary. I don't really do scary. It's, it's messed up. It's messed up, right? Yeah. Is there there blood? Um, Because they talk about blood. You don't see blood. Okay. But it like evolves. You think it's this in the beginning. And then at the end of the three episodes, you're like, mind blown. This is insane. My husband's a true crime fanatic. Okay. True, true crime podcast. Yeah. True crime Netflix docuseries. Michael's he, the same way. He wants it all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really I don't really do do all of that as much. What do you do? Um, a lot of drag race. I like I, I like to rewatch things I've watched a lot of times. So it's a lot of drag race, it's a lot of the Bon Appetit YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard Comfort. this is good. Oh Comfort. my god. Comfort the Bon Appetit YouTube channel is a true religion. Do you watch it on a television like an old person or do you watch it on your phone? Like- I watch it like, I, I. it depends on what I'm doing. So okay. like if I'm like in the kitchen, I'll watch it on either my computer or my phone. And if I'm sitting in the, like if I'm like waking up and having my coffee, I will put it on the TV. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Appointment television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you watching, Mo? Um, I am... Watching uh, Oscar-nominated films because <gasps> it's that time of year. It's right? the season, yeah. yeah. It's the season for screeners. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and I don't get screeners myself, but you know, you, you can sort of like, yeah, you can. Put you your you kind oh. of like find them on the street. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or just like go over to people's houses and be like, "Oh, you got the screener." Oh my god, I'd love. I, I'd did love you to see c- this one? <laughs> I'd love to come over and watch the screener. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you can walk home with Parasite, which mm-hmm. is what I did. Great movie. It's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I want to see it this week, but I want to see it in theaters. Oh, uh, good luck. I don't know where it's playing. It's everywhere. At Lincoln Center. At okay. IFC. Yeah, they're doing a push. Yeah, they're like. Apparently it's, it's really amazing. good. Yeah, it's a good it's a good film. I watched um, Jojo Rabbit. Oh yes, which Solid. I loved, mm-hmm. and then I watched Joker, um, which is a movie. Mm. Oh, I walked out of Joker because it shook me. Have you guys <sighs> seen it? No, it was not for me. Um, I didn't like. I walked it. out because I was I didn't like how I felt. Yeah, two thumbs down and two flat. Well, no, thumbs it's it's a really good it's a good movie. Oh, you saw it, Brittany? Mm-hmm. All right, three thumbs down. I don't know if it's a good take movie. Take that, Oscar noms. <laughs> Hot takes. Um, we send my boyfriend's screeners to my parents because they That's rent cute. movies from the library because they don't have Netflix. It. Oh, my god! So we sent them the original Stranger Things. And they're like, we love this alien stuff from the oh 80s. Oh, my God. Love that. So I actually sent like 10 today through the mail. Oh, so fine. They'll get them on Friday. You definitely didn't Surprise. do that, though. No. You didn't. I mean, you wouldn't. Oh send no, your no, 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 no! You wouldn't share them. No, no, no. No, I didn't. Oh, that's yeah. against. Rule. Um, no, my law. my parents are also scrum screen actoring. Oh, sure, members yeah, as well. Yeah, that's yeah. how Without I got. Netflix, that's, yeah, yeah. That's how I got into. Totally, that makes yeah. sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this all checks out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But, uh, there's lots to see. I, well, I guess I have to see like 1917, but I don't really have any interest in war I movies. Don't, oh. Yeah, I don't have war movies either. I don't like. Um, Superhero movies or comic movies, either. And so um, that's why I was not into the Joker situation. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 
um, Marriage Story on Netflix. Saw that's that. That's one I haven't seen. It's on Netflix and so sad. Yeah, but I I I watched it and I'm still married and so I feel yeah I feel like I got through a major hoop. Yeah, so that feels for sure good for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you guys watched? I was kind of afraid that I would. You didn't like. By the you weren't like writing letters. No, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't watching and be like, oh. I guess uh, this is over. Wow. Huh? This is all futile. Oh my god! You're like, You're like hey babe, can we this watch this movie really quick? We, <laughs> <laughs> we had the discussion about whether we were going to watch Marriage Story together because we were like, it. it I feel like we're going to like think about each sure. other. Or we didn't watch it together. Yeah. Oh good. Yeah. Michael and I watched it together, and we were like, this is just so sad. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Really good. You're like, oh, look at those other people being sad. Not yeah. like us. Yeah. Like us over here. We're in the Hug me. here. <laughs> how, how, how long have you and Michael been together? Uh, four years now. Four years. A little over four That's years. cute. I know. It's not, it's not as long as you and your husband. How long have you all been together, right? Like a decade. Oh, my God. Wow. So old. I know, right? I'm yeah. fucking aging. I'm, I hope I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Explicit only. We've all said the F word. Yeah. You know, in the drinking. Yeah. I oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, we we're cool podcasts. We're cool podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fast and loose, like like Erica Jane coming up uh, oh elevator at the Ambassador. Have Wait, you seen she... her in it? Wait, no, that's Velma. She plays Roxy? She plays Roxy. Okay, no, it's Velma that comes up and plays things fast and loose. Oh, yeah. 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 But also, did you guys jazz. watch the the search for Roxy? No, this I is I watched the... clips. Yeah. Well, they posted the, the winner. Yeah, congrats to her. Yeah. I don't remember her name. Emma Platten. Emma Pittman. 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 Emma Oh, look that up. We got to check. Someone named Emma. Yay. Good for you. This is horrible, but Pittman, Emma Pittman, right? Emma Pittman. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I mean, that's so exciting for someone to make their Broadway debut playing Roxy. That's insane. No dates, right? No dates yet. No dates. No dates yet. Yeah. And with Chicago, I mean, they could throw her in for like a good Wednesday matinee and call it a day, right? And that's your debut. Yeah. They're throwing people into that show all the time. You never know. I mean, I think they... I, I doubt they'd uh, spend the money on a on a put-in to just get one day out of her. Yeah, she, she's probably she, yeah she's probably eager. She's and ready vacation to work. swing. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> you're ridiculous. No, with congratulations, yes. congratulations, Emma. I I didn't watch huge accomplishment. I didn't watch it. That's, I'm not playing Roxy. That's incredible. Yeah, I didn't watch not it. Not yet. Not with that. Not yes, exactly. Oh my god, <laughs> I will be the first male to play Roxy. Oh my god, on Broadway. You know, we've all played it before in like Come our bedrooms. Come on, speak yeah. it. New I year. was Renee Zellweger. In my bedroom as yeah. a kid. New year, new you, babe. I still haven't seen Judy. Is no. I haven't either. I, I, is it for? Is it just for older gays? I don't know. Well, you know exactly what happens. Well, like, there's nothing surprised. There's well, one thing well, that... Yeah, and it's about the, the most interesting time of her life, which is the end. But it doesn't, it's not even the end end. It's before. Like, you don't even get to the end. Oh, really? It's yeah. like pre-End of the Rainbow? End of the Rainbow? One right. Of I love End of the Rainbow. I feel like I saw it. Yeah, but this is before that. This is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're saying the movie Judy is different than the play no, I'm End just, of the Rainbow? Well, I'm saying it is different in that Judy is a movie. Yeah. No, I, Mediums. I, yeah, but no, we're go- I, I know it's a movie. Yeah. That's how I'm saying they're different. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen. I, I didn't see either, so I'm really no, like talking out my ass here. Wow. So like, <laughs> I could Wow. People must feel like they're in safe hands with the experts of the American oh, what? arts. Oh my god. At Equity One. And that's well, all the time we have with the. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. On to our next podcast for the month. Okay. Uh, yeah. Take it away, Britt. Hey, and uh, <laughs> our next guest for this episode is Britt. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> coming soon. Um. 
Mo, we like to start off each interview um, by dismissing our guest, but then, <laughs> but then asking them uh, what first got them interested in the arts as a young person. So what first got you interested in the arts as a young person? I assumed that's what you were going to say. Um, I don't think my story is that unique in that I was um, a kind of a young, energetic misfit who uh, was looking for a place to serve, you know, uh, find a community. Mm-hmm. And I found that doing plays. Um, I had older siblings who would do this youth theater program every summer, and mm-hmm. I saw them do it one summer, and I was like, that. I want to mm-hmm. do that. And then it just sort of became the thing that I did. How many siblings do you have? I have six siblings. Oh, wow. Six wow. siblings. Are you the youngest? I'm third. Third, Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Well, four would be, four of seven would be, yeah. Four of seven. Because sure. six siblings, yeah. Six siblings. Oh. So it depends on, the, on your definition of right. On but, the baby end, yeah. if, 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 if toward baby is to the right side, then to yeah. the right, you know, yeah. right in the center. Yeah. I'm from a family of five kids, so I'm number four out of five. So like, how would like you're like you're like near baby. I'm near baby. Yeah, I think I'm not. I was baby at one point. Yeah, yeah. As we all were. As we all were. As we all were, except for twins that were born really close to each other. (gasps) You're the youngest kids in your family are twins. They are, but that wasn't what I meant. Oh, they are. Yeah, six and seven are twins. Oh my god, that's cool. Yeah, that's so okay. So you are really close to the youngest. Like No, I'm third. I'm third. So my youngest siblings were born when I was 14. Okay, understood. So how? what's the biggest age difference in your siblings? That. 18. I think my oldest sibling was 18 when the twins were born. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like you're an uncle to them? Or like, did you get like... A different relationship than I have with my siblings who are closer in sure. age. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. You know, like changing diapers and babysitting when you're... Yes. Yeah, you know, your siblings. Yeah. Um, but uncle, gosh. <laughs> I mean, that's no, my... No, because I like, I, I have nieces and nephews and they're like... Sure. Little guys, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't yeah. Know. I, I never Very tried different. to do that. I never tried to do that with my youngest brothers. They're 25 now and they've got their own... Yeah, their own thing. They're cooler than I am. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what makes them cooler? Why? I don't know. They're just like, the, they're just like young and like listen to cool music. Oh, like wear cool clothes Love that. and like go out to cool places. They're not even like millennials. They're like generation Gen X, Gen yeah. Z. Is that after millennial? Gen. No, I'm a millennial. Yeah. What's after us? Technically, Gen Gens they- Z. This is a fascinating podcast. This is a know. fantastic podcast. Yeah. This is fa- like really riveting. What got me into theater? Good yeah. thing that you asked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, well, okay. So like, so you were, you remember seeing your siblings on stage and you wanted to get involved in this youth thing. Like what was the first like thing you did there that really like rocked your socks? Um, we would do a musical every summer. So stuff like the music man and hello mm-hmm. Dolly and Oliver. And it just was the best part of my year. Yeah. Like the month of going to those rehearsals and putting those shows together. And it was, like a kind of show where there'd be like a hundred kids in the cast and wow. we would rehearse for like six weeks for four performances, exactly, you know, yeah. the thing. And just, to, but like, it felt like family and you felt like the sort of like things that made you an outsider or ostracized at school were the things that made you celebrated in this space. Totally. And so I just always kind of sought that out, I guess. Where was this? Where did you grow up? Uh, Seattle. 
outside Seattle. Oh, okay. Oh. Wow. West Coast. West Coast band. So did, coast. They, did you stay in Seattle forever, or where did you go for college? I went to Whitman College, which is a liberal arts college in Washington State, but on the other side of the state. Okay. Uh, and then after college, after a quick trip to Orange County, California, I was back in Seattle for like seven years before oh. I moved to New York. So a lot of people um, really interested in theater at a young age near Seattle, because we've talked to we've talked to Caitlin Kinnanen. Oh yeah, Caitlin was one of my students. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. So there's that kind of there's that kind of like, so you guys are from the same area. So yeah. You did the same uh, when I moved back to Seattle, I helped run a youth theater program uh-huh. that was attached to a regional theater that I had worked at as a kid, and um, one of the students there was Caitlin. Oh my so God, wow. Caitlin and I did you know i directed her and i choreographed her mm-hmm. and taught her mm-hmm. and worked with her mom and worked with her sister that's amazing yeah i played uncle henry to her dorothy in <gasps> a last minute understudy position in a production of oh the wizard God. of oz always ready yeah. always ready <laughs> Nothing says glamour more than the 25-year-old going into the youth theater production uh-huh. of The Wizard of Oz. Those uh-huh. are professional dreams. Exactly. Folks. Oh, You're my like, God. I got my overalls. I am. Put the hat, yeah, straw exactly. hat on yeah. Let's put some Ben Nye Gray in this hair and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I went to high school with Megan Hilty. Okay. Like, we were chemistry partners. Um, <laughs> we were both terrible in chemistry um oh my god but Hilarious. yeah there's there i think there's definitely like something about the like hippie granola crunchy liberal in the pacific northwest yeah. that like also connects to the arts and performing arts sure totally um and to be honest i came from like the like wealthy suburbs of mm-hmm. seattle and so there was money there for people to do youth theater and take voice yeah. lessons and take classes and do all the stuff right so we i think that's why there's sort of like this there's a lot of people that I grew up with that ended up in New York. And you're able to get from Washington to New York City, which is not close. No, it's yeah. a long flight. It's a long flight. It's a long flight. I did that last last summer a couple times. I've never been to Washington. Twice. Oh, because Michael was on NCL and they were... Yeah, they were they porting were... in Seattle. Got it. So I got to fly out there and you want to do that flight direct for sure. No stops. No, no. stops in Atlanta. Uh-uh. Well, I did Chicago, not. where flights go to die. <laughs> yeah. Chicago at the Ambassador Theater, starring Emma Pittman <laughs> as Roxy Hart. Congratulations. It all comes back. It hey. all comes back. It will. Did you major in theater in college? I did. It was a liberal arts school, so it was like a little bit of everything. Like mm-hmm. I wrote a thesis in guerrilla marketing tactics for the theater. Um, and that's where those were my jobs right out of uh, college. Were working in marketing departments of regional theaters, um, and so it was because it was like a liberal arts school. You sort of did like a little bit of everything. everything. We did yeah. a lot of shows. We did like nine faculty directed shows every year, and so there's lots of opportunity to be on stage, but there was also lots of opportunity to like make props and build the sets and, and design work crew and stuff. Yeah, right. exactly. So you were like always busy, which I loved. I found out that I was good at making props in college. I made like cool like in like stagecraft yeah stagecraft like food we had to make food crafts and i was really good at that Uh, i think what i liked about props was like the organizing and the Mm -hmm. lists Mm -hmm. not actually making or finding going to the warehouse and finding it yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, 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 you're just like these are the things i need let me check these off of a list yeah and then send someone else out to them yeah so congratulations to you (laughs) we would have been a great team you made the list and i would have found it oh there we go yeah let's go back to school hey (laughs) no um 
Now, you said that <laughs> when you first got out of school, a lot of your jobs were in marketing. Yeah. So talk about that, because I think that's an unusual path for most people who um, pursue performing. Yeah, I didn't really think I was going to be a professional performer mm -hmm. at that point. I certainly enjoyed it, um, but I thought that what would me what made me more unique was my interest in why people go to the theater. You know, mm -hmm. I love this thing. We all at this table love this thing, but most people out there don't love going to the theater as much as we do. And sure. I was like, why? Mm -hmm. And so I was really trying to pursue that. And so I worked in the marketing department of South Coast Repertory, which is like a regional lort house in Orange County, California, right out of school, writing press releases and like making department budgets and mm -hmm. like, you know, like not really that exciting stuff, but like it was like my first foray into it. And then after realizing I didn't really want to live in Southern California, that's when I moved back to Seattle and I helped run the youth theater program. So what was your transition from Seattle to New York? Like what was that process? Lots of little steps. So yeah. while I was running the youth theater program, I had friends who I'd grown up with, gone to high school with being like, oh, going to do this community theater show you should audition so then i would audition for the community theater show and then i was like okay well now i'm doing the community theater show what if i auditioned for the equity theater shows and then started booking and uh, in like about a three-year transition i ended up doing what actors in regional cities kind of get to do which is piece your season together mm -hmm. you yeah. know i think um, in the nonprofit world where everything is scheduled a year in advance, sure. you can sort of be in a Chicago or a DC or a Seattle and get to September and go, I know what I'm doing for the next nine months. Yes. I'm going to uh -huh. be in this play and then I'm going to teach this class yep. and then I'm going to associate direct this thing. And it got to the point where I could sort of have a season and I was like, all right, I'm going to take the leap. Uh -huh. And so I spent about five years as a professional actor in mm -hmm. Seattle, which meant that I was acting, but also that I was directing, choreographing, assisting, and all of the things. Sure. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, so it was sort of a slow process, and I definitely, it, it wasn't one where I just, like, took a leap and went, but mm -hmm. uh, it, it ended up being fruitful as I was building relationships with theaters and, you know, booking stuff. Yeah. So I, you built that, that life in Seattle, and then what, what brought you to New York? Um, I... Well, two things. I had, in my last year in Seattle, worked a lot at the Fifth Avenue Theater, mm -hmm. which does a lot of pre-Broadway stuff. Uh -huh. Yes. So I, in my last season, they did maybe six shows, and I was involved in five of them. I was Christopher wow. Ashley's assistant on Memphis. I was Sam Buntrock, who directed um, Sunday in the Park with George mm -hmm. uh -huh. here. He remounted it in Seattle, so I was his uh -huh. assistant in Seattle. And then I was also in all of these shows, and so I was working wow. with people like... Jerry Mitchell and Jack O'Brien and Sergio. Sure. Right. I was doing the, I did the pre-Broadway of Catch Me If You Can out there. And so I was like, ah, oh, I think I can do this. Like, yeah, look at all totally. this. I'm sort of like in the, I'm, I'm, I'm working with the people the who people, work yeah, here. Yeah. Um, and then also I fell in love with somebody who lived in New York. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing long distance for like almost a year and it felt like, well, it's time to see if that works. As yeah. Well. So, the idea that maybe I could make it work here and then also that I wanted to see what the next step was in my relationship. Okay. And, and what, what was that transition? Like what, what was so, what was different coming to New York from Seattle? The beginning was actually really great. Um, 
I was lucky enough to come with representation, uh-huh. which oh, yeah, yeah. really is a game changer when someone can just get you in the door. Um, and so, and I think when you're fresh meat in the city, people are excited to see what you can do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so at the very beginning, it was like lots of appointments. Uh-huh. I was like constantly going out for shows and I felt like I was like, because people haven't put you in a box yet. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And so people are like, all right, you're new. What do you do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was a time where I was like in a, the mix for a lot of stuff. And it took seven weeks for me to book my Broadway debut. Wow. wow. It was really stupid. That is very fast. <laughs> uh-huh. it annoyingly fast. Um, but it was, I mean, of course it was being there at the right place at the right time. Sure. The right track opened up in a show and it was the right thing. Well, and obviously me. not out of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd been working in Seattle building these relationships with people. Right. Sergio, it was Adam's uh-huh. family. Sergio was the choreographer. I'd worked with Sergio sure. Memphis. And so there was some relationship Connection. building. Yeah. Um, but it was also really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you so, remember your Broadway, de- Broadway debut? I remember. I think I remember. Well, I remember two things about my debut. One is that I had a week of rehearsal, which is pretty normal. Yeah. But, you know, you're you're put in, which is that weird rehearsal where you're in costume and wig and mic and nobody else is. Uh-huh. And you're just like, it just feels so silly, right? <laughs> like you're dressed completely yeah. silly. Yeah. Around all Especially of these. Especially in the Adams family. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Playing a, a dead conquistador. Yeah. And then being like, oh, this is this is like the pinnacle of what we do, and yet I feel incredibly stupid right yeah, now. Sure. Um, that to me, and I remember we made this entrance out of the pit. So there was like a stairwell up from the pit, and we would come through this um, entrance to a tomb, basically. Mm-hmm. We, would, we would walk out, and there was fog and lights, and we all came out. And it was just like the most Broadway thing. Yeah. Like all the lights were on you and uh-huh. you like walked out and everyone's looking at you yeah. doing the thing. And I remember standing at the bottom, I was third coming up the steps and I was like, I can't do this. I honestly, like I, I am so nervous right now. I honestly oh, wow. don't think I can do this. And that moment where you're like confronted with it and like, Everything in my like physical being is telling me to fl- fly right yeah, now. Yeah, like, yeah, and yet, like logically, I know I can do this. Uh-huh. Like I know what you, to you do. have. Yeah, yeah, I have done, and yeah. I, and that sort of like pushing the fear away and being like, well, we're just gonna do this because the music's gonna keep going whether yeah. or not you go up those stairs. Yeah. yeah, and I got seven people behind me who needed to go out on stage <laughs> as well. So. That, yeah, I remember the put in being extremely silly and that moment of, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't think I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. Ha ha. You, you did. And then <laughs> it gets easier. Alert. <laughs> yeah. And then you stop you thinking, yeah. you stop thinking about it. The, my entrance in Adam's family was I, I came out on stage and I did this double inside tur- turn on the left foot. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is like annoying for a variety of reasons, right? <laughs> sure. It's like a, it's like a on the inside, which is harder than doing an outside turn. It was on the left foot, which is not my dominant foot, right? I had this helmet on my head, uh-huh. which was like weird for counterweighting. Sure. So like 
my primary memory of being in the Adams family was just the like annoyance and fear of doing this one tr- turn on my entrance. Sure, right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And there were plenty of performances where she fell out of that turn. She turned <laughs> that into a cute suit new and moved on. Hello, and that's it. Doesn't matter. You mm. just sell it, and the audience never knows any better. No, but the choreographer. Yes, oh. yes, you might you might get a slip of paper. Oh, on sure, got those notes. <laughs> mm. Mm. How long did you do Adam's Family? New Year's Day to New Year's Eve. So a year. My first rehearsal was on New Year's Day. Everyone loves rehearsing oh. for their Broadway <laughs> debut at noon on a New Year's Day. They couldn't find rehearsal studios open because spoiler alert, it was New, <laughs> New Year's, Year's Day. Day. And so we like we're at like Roy Aria Studios. You know, at Forty Third and Eighth, it's like. Maybe forty third. Is that the one where you go eighth. like in the basement and there's like really? It was up, upstairs, but like I've oh. never heard before a sense of a Broadway show rehearsing there, and yeah. yet that was where we rehearsed uh-huh. my music rehearsal. Um, and then we closed on New Year's Eve. Wow, what a cool year! Yeah, it was nice to sort of do. I mean, like an actual calendar year. Yeah, that's like pretty wild. Yeah. yeah, and it, 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 you know, it's not a ton of time, but like. Man, probably shows open and close in less than a year. So the fact yes, that I, I got do. to do it like 350 times is such yeah. a gift. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you, when you were doing Adam's Family, were you like, did you have a sense of like, I don't know how sustainable this is, like as like what I do for my life, or did you, did did your transition into what you do now come later? I certainly was realizing that I liked being an actor in Seattle in a way that I didn't like being an actor in New York. Interesting. Hmm. Um, part of it is that scheduling, you know, like you just know what you're doing six months yeah. mm-hmm. from then. And that's just not the experience of being a New York actor. Nope. No. And you're just, even if you're in a long running show, like, you never know that show could close. Yep. And so that was really unsettling to me. And like, frankly, like I, like when you're, in a regional, the- when you're in a regional theater city and you're doing plays, you're like you're constantly rehearsing and doing a play in Conver. Yeah, it's sure. like being in rep. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. like I just wasn't used to auditioning this much. Uh huh. And I was while like, doing it at all oh, at night. because oh, sure, basically, cause... like you would audition for maybe you know in, in Seattle oh, in a season. Yeah. Like maybe there's 15 musicals. And so you can go through the audition process for five of those and book three of them. Sure. But maybe that's like 10 auditions a year, yeah. you know, 10 auditions in a good week, a week. here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it's just like, ah, I don't like this feeling of being in the waiting room and mm-hmm. hating my monologues. And like, <laughs> you know, like all, sure. and, and it was like, I, these are two different things. It took me a while to realize that this, the job of being an actor in Seattle or any regional city, I think, is different than being an actor in New York City. And that I liked one, but not the other. And so as I was realizing that, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, what's this marketing experience in my back pocket? What else can right. I do? Yeah, you still enjoy. Yeah. I like being here. I like being where musical theater happens. Yeah. You know, like I love being part of the conversation about what's coming to Broadway and what's joining the musical theater canon. Right. Yeah. You know, like I want to talk about, I want to talk about what's going on at the winter garden theater. And I want to exactly. talk about injuries yeah. at sure. West Side Story. I think it's right. fun. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, how do I have a job in this space? But something that allows me to be here more long term than my show closing. Yeah. yeah. And so that's 
when I started making relationships with um, people in the marketing field, like my current boss mm-hmm. who, at Broadway Cares. So now, for for those who don't know, you're the now this is right. You're the communications projects manager. Projects manager at Broadway Cares. Equity at Broadway Fights Cares, Aids. Equity Fights AIDS, and. Um, how, how did that come about? Did you have other jobs up into the up Yeah, into I've point? sort of worked my way up a ladder. I've been there over seven years now, almost eight okay. years. Wow. Um, and it came about because after Adam's Family closed, I was auditioning, and I was at a point where I didn't want to think about monologues anymore, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I need something else to do. And so I, when I was in Adam's Family, I had – done a lot of the Broadway Cares events. I had done Flea Market and I collected and Bears. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, I, I could, I'll reach out to somebody there because mm-hmm. I have somebody's email. And so I emailed the guy who's now my boss and I said, hey, can I come in and like maybe like help out? He's like, yes, come in tomorrow. And so, so like, I started volunteering, doing the things that I was doing at the regional theaters yeah. a decade earlier. Um, and then they asked me to apply for a position, and I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm an actor. I'm uh, not going back. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, let's just see. There's nothing to lose. Yeah. And so I applied, and they ended up offering me the position, which at that point was mostly kind of marketing assistance with a little bit of video. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that was, like I said, almost eight years ago. And it was, is it like, have you developed your own role in your process and like, can I like put your own flair on it? Yeah, sure. I am. Um, it's definitely ebbed and flowed over the years. Like there was a time where I was doing a lot more social media producing right now. Mm-hmm. I have more of like an internal projects management kind of position where I'm responsible for timelines and spreadsheets, you know, all the things that I would have done when we were designing props and uh-huh. in college. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's been like a fun exploration at a different side of a different side i mean i in the end i think broadway cares is such a great organization Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. such a fantastic hold and sort of the th- philanthropic spirit of the theater community that it's been fun to sort of learn different things over my tenure there yeah totally. absolutely i mean in your in your time at broadway cares and something theater adjacent like that has you in the world that you love but in a different sense what have what have you learned about yourself that you may have had inklings of right at the end of Adam's family that now with all that perspective and this these new experiences um, you can like name? I mean, I definitely have gotten much more into video. I apl- I applied for this position and had basically made some silly video music videos with like friends basically sure but when i was applying they showed enough sense of you know i know how to deal with the software and i can tell a story and i know Mm -hmm. how to engage an audience now i think i'm much i mean i'm much more comfortable with visual video storytelling um period but also like just like the game has changed since Absolutely. 2011 yeah. you know we we encounter video in a completely different way than we did a decade ago and we you know we make videos we watch videos in a completely different way yeah. um i don't know if i would have anticipated that but like that was definitely my first foray into social media which i mm-hmm. enjoy working on so much now yeah what do you like about working on social media um 
I like that it changes all the time. I like that it is uh, a way of communication that feels authentic. And so there's a, I mean, I don't think we can even remember really what life was like before social media in terms of like the way that stories would get to consumers. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, influencers is just sort of the last piece of that. But like the fact that you as a consumer or someone who's possibly interested in a Broadway show can not only get marketing messages delivered directly to you, but then like learn behind the scenes stuff and speak and see what the actors are doing and communicate with, with the, the actors. actors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there's so many levels that we've progressed in the last decade. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and so I find that really fascinating. I Yeah, I enjoy yeah, the fact good... that you have to stay on your toes yeah. and that when it's effective, it's really effective. Yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, social media can like really change buying anything. Like if you, re- like you just like be like, show me your Instagram. You look at it and you're like, oh yeah, I see things that I like. I'm going to buy it. So it really affects the consumer. Yeah, I mean, and and I talk about this all the time, but uh, you know, I'll talk to my friends from high school who I would like, like, d- go to Broadway secret, like make Broadway secrets on like you know paint or whatever, and we had like our like like the Spring Awakening like fan website. Oh yeah, sure, sure, like, sure, sure. And now it's like completely changed the game. And I, I mean, I say like thank thank God I wasn't a Broadway fan as a child <laughs> in this era because. It's it's opened up so many possibilities. I mean, people know what's happening in the theater on a day-to-day basis just because of what people in shows are posting on social media day-to-day. Right. You know? I've had brought I've had Beetlejuice fan accounts like post pictures of me like being like so happy Elliot's so proud of the cake he made. Like, did it you know what I mean? I'm like they know I made a cake because I posted about it on my social media. So. And it was interesting enough for someone else to share that story uh-huh. right yeah. so it's just like things that we nev- never would have um thought but that all comes back job. to the part of feeling like you're a part of something yeah feeling sure a part of family. I mean, yeah yeah that goes back to being in the music man when i was 10 like i loved yeah i think theater people love to feel like they are a part of something yeah absolutely and now that's that's <laughs> i'm glad we talked about you and what you do but you're here because you're a part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Yes. And you are the creator, co-creator of The Ensemblist. Yes. Which is, um, started as a podcast and has evolved into something really cool with blogs and different Yeah, we sort of have three tiers, I think. We have a podcast, we have uh, a website, which is mostly blogs or... Uh, interviews, and then we have a strong social platform that's a lot of original photography that's uh, mostly on Instagram. Yeah. So um, tell us about what what got you inspired to um, create the Ensemblist. Well, like any crunchy liberal from the Pacific Northwest, I was an NPR. Sure. Fan. Yeah. And so the idea for it really came out of me being in the Adams family and. You know, when you're in a show that's been running for six months, you've learned your understudy tracks, uh-huh. and you, you're not going in for a lot of regional shows because you haven't got a closing notice yet. And yeah. so you're like, all right, I got a lot of time. Yeah. And this was before Instagram, so or maybe really at the beginnings of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of sharing of stories of people in ensembles. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'm in this ensemble with all of these immensely talented people who have years and years of experience and expertise in this industry. No one's telling their stories. Right. 
And so what if I take this like nerdy public radio thing and all of this free time I have because I don't have understudy rehearsals and I try to shine a light on these people that I'm in an ensemble with. And that's really where the idea came from. Um, you know, like any podcast, your first episode sounds very different from your 10th yeah. episode. Yeah. Yep. Sounds very different than your 15th episode. <laughs> you really just have to kind of do it. Yeah. And so at the beginning, we were really just like, you know, figuring it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those episodes were structured very different. Um, usually had more guests, usually were a different length. Um, but at, through the years, you sort of figure out how you want to tell your story and your yeah. point of view. And this was a time where there was maybe one other theater podcast. I was about to say it was, yeah. it was way earlier on in the in the like realm of podcasts because you know it, around that time I knew about podcasts because I loved NPR as well. I would oh. listen to it in the car with my dad. And I loved listening to Radiolab, but I wasn't always in the car when Radiolab would come on. So mm-hmm. I was like Googling Radiolab and found out that I could listen to it every week on my computer. Um, and so it's very much like, but that was my first and really only awareness of podcasts until moving back to New York and kind of like making them a part of my commute yeah. in like 2014. <laughs> Feel like it was yeah, which yeah. was around then when podcasts really started to pick up again. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I I can't even remember the podcast I listened to in, in ten years ago. <laughs> you know, you feel like you're so yeah. close to the podcast you listen to yeah. because they're yes. like, they're right in your head and yeah. they're in your head. Um, but at that time, it was yeah, it was like a lot of NPR podcasts yeah. and Dan Savage. I remember listening to it oh the sure time. Savage Love mm-hmm. Savage Love. One of the OGs, right? Um, and before there was really when podcasting was like radio adjacent. Yeah. And independent podcasting was more like like, uh, uh, like underground. Yeah. Like a mm-hmm. lot more independent than it is now. Yeah. Now I feel like everybody's part of a network. I'm, I mean, I'm grateful for BPN for like taking us under their wing. Yeah, but yeah. Same. It's, it's very rare to have an independent podcast anymore. Almost yes. everyone is sort of part of a umbrella network. Yeah. Yeah. Or everyone has like a mic and some free time <laughs> and is just putting their podcast out for fun for yeah. Yeah. what they do because it's ex- right now it's such an accessible platform. You can, you know, it you doesn't do it take anywhere. a lot to produce and you can just put it out there pretty easily. Except for this podcast, which you guys are putting so much time and effort in. I mean, we do put a lot of time and effort. Yeah. We took our hiatus to really plan one episode. So this (laughs) This is the episode that we planned. (laughs) We did it. We will. Except for 2020. And we'll we'll get. (laughs) We'll see you in 2021. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine? That'd be great. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Caleb and I, you know, we like to do this, you know, extracurricularly. It does. It's a a creative outlet. Yeah. Definitely. For, for me, you know, I still have those creative inklings that I had mm-hmm. when I was a performer. Um, and so this allows me to be a part of the Broadway community. It allows me to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows me to have a few people be like, oh, you do the thing and you're good at the thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, like I think one of the strangest yeah. things about going from being an actor to not being an actor is that people don't praise you for your job anymore. Yep. You're like, Wait, I liked, <laughs> sure. the, I liked the part where everybody stood and clapped for me at the end of my work day. <laughs> and then I walked 
walked out okay. of my office and then people wanted my autograph and uh, a picture with me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that felt good. <laughs> and so there is a little part of me that like gets to have that feedback and um, encouragement yeah. still. Bourbon will always clap for you at the yeah. end of a day. It does. In the yeah. morning, though, it's a little rougher. <laughs> <laughs> it slow claps you in. Exactly. Morning. It's like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. It was a long night. You can do it. You can do it. Do it. Um, uh, what now? The, the with the ensembles, you talked about your three platforms. You write a lot of blogs. You have people guest write blogs, and then I think it's been really exciting to see what you've been doing with the um, the other branches, just the social media kind of like. The, the images, the different kind of like spotlights you're putting on um, different aspects of the ensemble oh. each month. Um, do you want to talk about what the feature is this month? Like who, what you're featuring this month? So uh, what has been a goal of ours for 2020 is to be a little, to combine the sort of nuts and bolts of ensemble work with more cultural conversations. Okay. So, Still doing miniseries about swings or creating characters in the ensemble, but also doing things that are about uh, diversity um, or more uh, uh, representation in the yeah, theater. more like mm-hmm. socially conscious yeah. things. Yeah, so we have an we have a miniseries coming out this month that is about queer characters in the musical theater, specifically uh, ensemble characters. Next month we're going to be doing an episode a couple of episodes with African-American performers about their take on representation in the theater. So we're, uh, I'm being less afraid to sort of not push people's buttons. Sure. I'm, yeah. I'm sort of embracing that. I think it's more fun when it's an open we, conversation. When yeah, we get can. people riled up. Yeah. I yeah. think that, something that I get to do now that I didn't get to do as a performer is be like, Hey everybody, this thing's wrong over yeah, here. It's like, <laughs> it's like publicly have opinions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, because when you're an actor, you don't want to piss anybody yeah, off. Yeah. Um, and so, because I'm not, I'm not auditioning anymore. I don't need your job. Um, and also I have the gift of working for Broadway cares, which is an advocacy organization. And I sure. think sort of doesn't look down on people on the staff being mm-hmm. advocates for other people. Sure. So I'm going to be like, all right, everybody, this shit is fucked up over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go look at that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm grateful that I have the sort of stability so that I can do that for other people. Um, yeah. So in 2020, I'm, this is in its infancy and I don't think I've talked about it publicly yet. So <gasps> here we go. Exclusive. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Uh, I'm, I'm working on a mini series about, why there's no best ensemble Tony and Mm. talking to people who actually know about the process of adding a category. Uh Um, It is difficult to put together because people don't want to get on mic, but I'm hoping to have an informed conversation where Mm. we're not accusing people and saying, you're an asshole for not adding, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not on the Tony nominating committee. I don't work at the Broadway league or the American theater wing. I don't know anything about adding a Tony conversation. So, or a Tony category. So tell me why it's hard. Yeah. I'm sure it it is. It seems very complex. Yeah. Yeah. Even just in the, even just in the like rebranding, the recent rebranding of kind of like not a chorus, but an ensemble of a musical, like what is an ensemble? I mean, come yeah. from away is an ensemble musical. Yeah, sure. And like that conversation of, I don't think, 
I have my own opinions about like what an ensemble would mean for a of Tony course, Award as, versus uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's probably easier for Tony voters to look at an entire cast and not know who's on a pink contract and a white contract, who's uh-huh. not a principal and a chorus member, yeah. mm-hmm. and just say, Come From Away is the best ensemble, even though no one is actually right. an ensemble member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is worth championing so that we can then in the future champion people who are on chorus contracts sure. as well. Mm-hmm. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. I'm not in charge. Well, we look forward to that. The detective um, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this year. We'll, see, we'll see if people talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, we're going to play a game. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> I love games. I do love games. I'm a big fan of game night. Okay, cool. So in but, between easy questions, we're going to play Name That Ensemble. Oh my god, oh my. a tablet. Caleb is know, bringing out the tablet. <gasps> it's 2020, and oh this tablet my is from god. 2010, so she's a little slow. So I'm gonna my show tablet up. hasn't been turned on for probably a year. Oh, now. I had to charge this last night, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was dead. So um, I'm going to show a picture, because this is an audio medium. We're going to post it on our Instagram so people can play along, but just give a quick adjective of what you're seeing, and then say the show. Exuberance. Ooh. Uh, I don't I know, know this, show, but I'm going to guess Fela. Yeah, ding, it's Fela. Okay, okay, next one. Here we go. Precision. Anything goes. Okay. Ah! <laughs> Crumbling tomb. <laughs> it's the Addams Family. Yay! Wait, that's not me, right? That's the original cast, right? Yeah, I think can it's original, you, yeah. Yeah, can you zoom in? This, is, this would have been you, right? That's Clark Johnson. Yep, that's original. Okay, <laughs> what a doll. Number four. Oh my god. Oh, I never oh saw god. this. But uh, extension, this is Promises, Promises Revival. Yeah, hey, yes. Okay. So now, that we'll come back to in the next ones, okay? So okay. you can relax. I, I will never relax. <laughs> I'm, always re- I'm literally always ready for that. <laughs> so um, we already talked about TV a little bit, but like must watch TV this weekend. For me? Yeah. I need to finish Maisel season three. Okay. Yeah. It's a solid one. Like I haven't even started it. It's it makes, good. It yeah. makes sense that when you get to the end, you're like, obviously we couldn't just be like, have you, how far into you? Six maybe. Okay. Like it's a lot of like jet sitting. We're like, <sighs> we're jet sitting. That show the world. is so expensive. <laughs> yeah. I love, I mean, A, the comedy is so fantastic and it's so well acted, but also there's just money, 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 money. money. It's like, it's like the television version of Moulin Rouge. You're like, yeah, I see all the money I see up my there ticket price. and yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, favorite place to sit in a theater. Like, like seat, like seat wise. I'm okay. Can I give two answers? Please. I'm going to, yeah. um, 
I used to really love the standing at the back rail because then you never have to sit still. That's sort of like the theater creator person uh-huh. in you where you're like, Playwrights I saw, Alley. Just like, like, yeah, I want to uh-huh. watch Playwrights Alley. I've never heard of that. Okay. Yeah, you're like standing you in the back and then you can go to the bathroom. Yeah, because the playwright paces yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Play- okay. Um, but now that I am lucky enough to get press seats sometimes, I want those fucking press comps because those are great ah. seats. Oh, yeah. So where are they? Best yeah, where seats are they, yeah. in the house? Where? Uh, usually like uh, H on the aisle. Oh, yeah. oh work. Yeah. Okay. I'm usually like a front of mez kind front of guy. Mez, you can always. see the formations. And you're I, yeah, like... I used to be that until I got press seats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, if anyone wants Equity One to come see their show and press comms, <laughs> please email us at equityonepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so Thank much. You. Or if you ever need a date, like. <laughs> no, plus one. Yeah, plus yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you like your coffee? Okay, I make cold brew in the morning. Um, I like it with ice because I like to chew ice. Oh, I yeah. do too. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I will never leave you, Elliot. <laughs> never go um, away. <laughs> uh, depends on the size, but one Splenda or two. One Splenda or two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you make it? Do you make it like overnight, or do you make it like in the morning? Do you have like a cold brew machine? I have a Keurig? cold brew maker that makes like five days of coffee, and so I just like, make it like on a Sunday and then in the morning. Sure. Yeah. Solid. Okay, back to the game. Oh my the guessing. Here we are. We're leaving promises, promises, because you got that one. Oh, joyous, which is not the right word, but they all have their hands up because they're doing tradition. It's Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. Very important. They're joyous in that number. Next. Oh, oh I don't. I didn't see this. Um, but it's Shuffle Along or the... Something 1912. 1921 and all that followed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when we all used to know that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That felt like the a making of the, the making, making of the musical and all the information else that followed, right? Someone's going right to DM you yeah, and let it, you know. Please DM us. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, onward. We got that one. This is a hard one. Oh. Oh, I know this. It, it's Crybaby. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wow, okay. I was trying to throw in a 50s musical. And no. Well, I was wondering if it was the Bye Bye Birdie revival, but it is Crybaby. No, there aren't children on stage. Um, I need an adjective. Yeah, one adjective. Longing. Longing. Oh, yeah. Okay, last one. Last one. Well, that's Oklahoma, but it's the original Oklahoma. Original OG. You can tell it's original At Oklahoma the St. James. because of uh, the way that the lanterns were hung. That's, that's by just that's, tied on rope. That's an that's an iconic part of the for me the Oklahoma set design. I love this picture. Uh, that stage is full. Yeah. Okay. Of people. okay. So skirts many people. going. There are big skirts. They are probably. I mean, the the most upstate drop is probably in two. There are probably twenty five people on this stage. Oh, that was a time where we could hire people. Yeah. I know. Can't hire anyone anymore. No, it's too expensive. I know. But can you cover five tracks, please? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. What an <laughs> honor. But at minimum, can you do that? <laughs> oh, what a gift. Well, we look forward to your next blog post about covering five <laughs> roles at minimum. <laughs> and uh, we want to thank you, Mo, for coming on the podcast. Oh gosh, thank you for having me. Now, Mo, will you be at BroadwayCon? I will be at BroadwayCon, Friday <gasps> and Saturday. Oh, my God. And you're doing panels? Yes. Friday, we are doing uh, the Broadway Ensembles panel. Okay. And Saturday, we're doing the Broadway Debuts panel. And each one has five actors currently in Broadway shows. Uh, and they'll be talking about their experiences. One is more like storied vets. And uh-huh. one is people who just joined the Broadway community this year. That's so Amazing. exciting. Yeah. And so we will also be at BroadwayCon. 
You can come check us out at the Broadway Podcast Network booth. booth. Mo, will you have merchandise? I do. We have triple threat shirts that will be on sale there. Oh my God. Well, turn, turn, turn. We will also be having merchandise available for sale. We will be selling Equity One shot glasses. They are yes. so cute. Adorable. And and we might just I might just do a merch madness at Broadway at BroadwayCon where I um declare a winner of all the merch oh, that's wow. there. So stay tuned. The triple threat shirt might might be a, a, a contender. Might be a contender. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, like okay. Yeah, I sure, 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 I'll yeah. do a live I'll probably do like a l- pseudo live like yeah. Merch Madness at Broadway. Con, I think so I'm going to be in the field, like interviewing. So we're, yeah, we're going to be there. Yeah, we're going to be saying hey. So if you know the podcast, then come up to Caleb and I and say hello. Um, don't come up to say moments. <laughs> don't come up to moments. <laughs> I'll be like going undercover at night with like a big sheet over my hand. Oh, <laughs> I'll be going. I'll be going as a Beetlejuice yeah. character. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's just a ghost. Yeah, it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's just a ghost. With yeah, the love that. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to lead a panel like that, but well, it'll be easy. The mic for will people, be under, so you yeah. can still hear. It'll be easy cool. for people to spot you in a sheet at BroadwayCon. But where can people find you on social media? Um, the Ensemblist is on Twitter and Instagram at the Ensemblist. And you can check out The Ensemblist at your website. Oh, yeah, theensemblist.com. Yes, and on Broadway Podcast Network, of course. Um, you can find the show at Equity One Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Equity One underscore on Twitter. Send us an email at equityonepodcast at gmail.com. Elliot, where can we find you at? You can find me at Elliot Maddox on everything. Caleb? Uh, Caleb Dickey on everywhere. And until next time, cheers. cheers. Mine's Blink. empty. Mine's empty. <laughs> <laughs> Makes cats jump up and down With the talk of rhythm town Five guys named Mo Not one guy, no Mo Not two guys, bitty bitty Mo Not three guys, four I Mo Not four guys, big Mo But five guys, each Mo Five little guys named Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.